0: So I came home and I was like waiting for my dinner to cook. Mm-hmm. And I have no clue where Paul's ball is at. I think it like rolled under something. I don't know, but I can't find it. So he started nudging my basketball around. Oh, no. Um, he, he wasn't ready for these handles.
1: <laughs> he wasn't ready for
0: this. He wasn't ready Not- for it. Not at all. Like, I thought, like, at first, the way he was trying to play, like, I figured he was going to be a menace on defense, but absolutely not.
1: So soon as you started bouncing, he started backing down, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah, River does the same while. thing. She's scared <laughs> to death when I bounce the ball in the house, um, like a child again. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, I'll, I'll start bouncing the ball, and she'll just get terrified of it. I, I don't know what it is, but she's like, you know, I'll be like, hey, do you want to play? Do you want to play? Because I think she will hit the ball out, you know, try Yeah. try Trying to bounce the ball around or something like that. Nope. Scared to death. Not interested.
0: So Terrible. when we like take them to the dog park together, we'll just stick to the soccer ball, call it a day.
1: Yeah, soccer ball might be a safe bet for those two. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely where they need to be at.
0: <laughs> That's fine. No air Buds in our future. I guess we can handle it.
1: No, no, <laughs> not in that not in that case. Um poor air Bud. The greatest right? greatest dog generation player of all time.
0: Hopefully, Kentucky won't need Airbud um, in this FIBA Global Jam this week.
1: No, hopefully not. Um, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a whole different world up there in Canada, uh, while they're uh, playing a little bit of basketball there. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a fun, fun time indeed.
0: Definitely. Hey guys, welcome to the Hoop Southbound podcast. It's Maddie.
1: Hey, it's uh, David. Maddie is still running the show this week, uh, but she's she's doing good here on week two for her introduction. Right. So she's, our,
0: our transitions yeah. a little bit better than just thrown together.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, we're getting there. We're getting there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a little, a little more comfortable. We'll see. I should have put a little a uh, little special something in my Gatorade. Would have got gotten me all good to go.
1: Oh, uh, some uh, talking personality juice. Is that what you're exactly. talking about? exactly? Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, that Barbie juice that Avery made for her birthday party.
1: Yeah, that stuff was potent. Um, yeah, quite, <laughs> quite potent for her birthday punch that she made. Um, but you don't need the alcohol. You've got tons of personality, so we're we're gonna be fine here today. You're gonna be
0: exactly. Good. <laughs> oh my. Anyways, goodness. as we mentioned, Kentucky going to Toronto for the FIBA Global Jam. Um, I guess similar to last year in the Bahamas. You know, their foreign tours, you like to call it um a lot more interesting in the last few months but we'll talk about that later um you know people that are interested in some early basketball or you know seeing Kentucky play early on get a better feel for them they are going to start off on the 12th against team germany
1: yeah um this is definitely a tournament that i think people should be paying much more close attention to than Kentucky's trips to like the Bahamas or Arkansas's trip to Europe last year. Um, This is this is a very different feel. Um, More or less, this is an under 23 tournament is how the Global Jam is put together. And last year, if you if you know basketball last year, we saw some great Canadian talent. Uh, come out and play in the Global Jam like Marcus Carr, uh, Leonard Miller, and Charles Bediaco. All those guys are now in the NBA. So this is um, this is a very different trip as far as a lot of these tour, normal uh, foreign tours go. Kentucky's going to go play a lot of high-profile talent, and they're going to be representing the United States for this tournament. So there's a little bit of um, that patriotic feel, and there's a little bit of that NBA talent uh, scouting and watching this next generation of players play basketball. This is this is a unique tournament in that regards. And I- I'm really excited about the way this is laid out.
0: Yeah, I am, too. I feel like it has much more feel of, you know, your regular Team USA when everybody's watching the Olympics. You're going to get to see them play, you know, people from other countries. And as we've seen basketball grow, whether that be in Germany or China or Africa, you know, Team Africa is in this as well. Um I think it's going to give so much more exposure, kind of like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, not only to the SEC, but just basketball in general. Yeah. And
1: if you're listening to this podcast in the summertime or the show during the summertime, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, there's definitely a different feel to this um, because you're probably a much more hardcore basketball fan compared to people who will come back into the show and start listening more in comparison of late October, November time frame. Um, this is this is really a chance for you to get it not only watch Kentucky, a team that you know you care about because they're an SEC team, but you're also going to get to check out so much of these younger players that are going to be probably looking for those NBA opportunities. Like I said, I mentioned the guys who came out of Team Canada last year. Let's not forget uh, Africa, the African Basketball League. I forget exactly what it's called, but they dominated uh, ESPN for a little while on ESPN Plus. Uh, last summer. So you got a chance to watch some of them play. And then Germany in that European development style. This is a chance to really take in what the world has to offer at this level of basketball. So if you're a hardcore basketball fan, which several people who listen this time of year are, this is a really good chance to check this stuff out. And it's going to be on TV here in the United States, which we found out on Friday. Uh, before the weekend kicked off on the CBS sports network, which I was really pleased about because pretty much the only place you could watch it was TSN, which is the Canadian equivalent of ESPN.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be great. Hopefully team Germany hits the floor. We'll see the next dirt, see the night. I guess if you want to get more current next, maybe maxi Kleba out there Um same thing for Africa. Maybe we we'll see the next Embiid out there on the floor and get a jump on being a fan early.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's going to be a ton of fun in that. Like it's, We've seen so many of these players here in the United States who have also played like, you know, the guys who come from Africa, like Adama Sinogo, uh, who played for the national championship, the Yukon Huskies last year. Um, you see talents like that come across the U.S. all the time. There's still a ton of talent still in Africa, and they're waiting for their opportunity to get picked up by a pro squad uh, down the road. So it, it's a really good it's a good opportunity to check out what the game has to offer at this level from around the world. Uh, another thing I'm really excited about, Maddie, just kind of throwing this uh, conversation and keep it rolling Um, John Cal Perry now Cal normally, when we go to Bahamas or another international tour, this preseason basketball, uh, time of year, he lets the assistants do a lot of the coaching. Like he takes a real hands-off approach, lets them get some head coaching experience for in-game situations. Not so much here. He said that he might be interested in doing a little bit more hands-on coaching and the uh, head coaching role for the global jam. So I'm really interested in that and watching how Cal, how Cal kind of interacts with this super young team that he has put together.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it is almost detrimental at this point for Cal to take that head coaching role as early as possible with as you said the young talent, the transfers that are coming in, and you know, like you have that one staple player in Antonio Reeves that decided to stay at Kentucky. So watching him kind of lead a leader if you want to call it that with Antonio I think is going to be super important in these games to kind of see how this team of transfers and freshmen mesh together.
1: So you hit on Antonio Reeves. I absolutely love that because Antonio Reeves, we've seen a little bit, he's been a little bit more of a vocal leader since uh, he just announced that he was coming back to Kentucky. And um, in practices, we've seen him be more vocal, be more physical with the guys, showing them, leading them on the court with his presence. It's, uh, It's a really good sign for the leadership that you're going to be getting out of Antonio Reeves coming into this next season. And I agree, getting Cal in the driver's seat as soon as possible with these young guys definitely gets them a feel how Cal works very early in this process. So that's going to be huge for Kentucky this season. The other reason I like it, and this is, this is an important note. I feel like with the global jam, no matter how the outcome comes out for Kentucky in this tournament, whether they, they end up playing in the gold medal game at the end of the tournament or the bronze medal game at the end of the tournament. The important thing is for Kentucky to build chemistry because you have guys who have never played together or have had very little experience outside of some AAU basketball, um, Or in certain cases, playing early in their school careers, um, pre-college, to get those guys some chemistry built up, to get them some opportunity to be together and to play some basketball. So I'm looking forward to that opportunity for Kentucky to start seeing how this team can gel together and who's going to make those connections on the floor, who's going to want to work together, who's going to have these um, who's going to know the playbook the fastest, who's going to be a starter out of these young guys. So it's it's a really good opportunity. It's a good opportunity for DJ Wagner to make his name known. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, all these young guys uh, air course, I was going to mention this in a little bit and I just waiting for the opportunity is that Bradshaw is not going to be playing for this uh, in this in this global jam um, due to injury. So that is, that's important to know. Um, But yeah, I want to see these young guys make those connections and build themselves forward and see who's going to be out there. Like I said, we got Reed Shepard, DJ Wagner, uh, Justin Edwards, a lot, bunch of young guys who are going to be making their name in this uh, tournament.
0: Definitely. And I think, you know, it's a good transition for these freshmen to get a feel of, you know, the different style of basketball that they're about to be playing.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, and it's going to be exciting. It'll be a lot of fun. Like I said, it's going to be high quality talent throughout, you know, the entire tournament. So that's, that's going to be fun. Um, So it's, if this is not a sit back and watch Kentucky kick everybody's butt, um, preseason tournament or a foreign tour this is this is an opportunity to watch some really good basketball um yeah. here in the month of july
0: yeah i think uh, the best analogy i could come up with when i was kind of reviewing this is watching cal and the team put the pieces of the puzzle together i feel like he's finally got all the pieces he needs but they just got to figure out how it works together
1: yeah um so outside of the players the other side of that that i'm really interested in is the assistant coaching now you know cal's yeah, done a lot sure. of overhaul on his roster, on his roster. Um, But, you know, his coaching staff has had some change as well. You got Chuck Martin, who's going to be coming in from Oregon. Um, You've got some other coaches that we talked about uh, Welch uh, in the off season. So these, this is their first chance to make that impact in the, uh, in the Cal Perry system and uh, really show what these guys can do. Um, So we're going to be able to see those outcomes and how they've paid off between those hiring points and now, Um, and then going forward, how the staff is going to continue to improve. Um, you know, like I said, Welsh is supposed to be helping out with the X's and O's on the offensive side of things. Uh, it should be really entertaining to see what kind of offense Kentucky's running with him, uh, giving giving Cal a little bit of a hand with the uh, with the marker board there on the uh, on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, so he can do a little more screaming than.
1: Usual. Yeah, a little more screaming. You know, you got to get out there and get in guys' faces. Make sure they're doing the right thing. You know. Being an assistant coach, you know, no, that's the head coach's job is do the screaming. <laughs> I've been an assistant coach. You sit on the bench and you're really quiet. That's what happens. And then you go, Hey yep. boss.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was that was my assistant coaching experience. They really was like, Maddie just sits down there and does nothing. I was like, Yeah, she tells me who to put in and I do it. That's yep. it.
1: Yep. <laughs> Like, I know who's been out there for how long. I know what's going on on this, like, on that floor. I'm just very, very quiet because if I start yelling, I'm going to start yelling at refs. So then we're going to get in real trouble real fast.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I'm just there for moral support at this point. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. You know, this Kentucky team has a lot of high caliber talent and a lot of possible one and done. So... I think in this next uh, segment about the SEC Summer League, kind of doing some updates, we'll probably be talking a lot about them next season.
1: Yeah, definitely, Will. Got some good stuff coming up on the SEC Summer League. Let's hit that up uh, right after the break. All right, so I'm a baseball guy, and my goal is to actually see a game in every Major League Baseball stadium. Now, I'm more than a third of the way there, and I never buy from the team's websites. SeatGeek is my first stop whenever I'm heading to a new city for a ball game. Now, obviously they've got some other sports as well as concert tickets, Broadway, comedy, I mean, you name it. And now for VSN listeners, they're actually offering you 20 bucks off your first ticket purchase. So just use the code VSN, that stands for Variety Sports Network. So that's VSN to save 20 bucks. So put that to use for some food or for some drinks at whatever event you are wanting to attend. Again, that code is VSN to save 20 bucks on
0: your first SeatGeek purchase. And as always, make sure you guys go out and support our sponsors. As David likes to say, we like cable. We need it to watch basketball so that way we can talk sports with you guys. (laughs) So we appreciate it. Um, Make sure and uh, go represent.
1: She's learning so well. She, she's got this whole thing figured out at this point. I, she doesn't even need me anymore. All right. we yeah, were That's we were a lie. About, yeah, we were talking about summer league before the break. So let's uh, let's pick it up a little bit on that, huh?
0: <laughs> so um, some exciting news. Two of the top SEC NBA talent um, have been considered um, star players from yesterday. First off, we got Colin Castleton um, in his game against the Hornets with the Lakers. 21 points, 14 rebounds and 3 assists.
1: Yeah, Colin Castleton, I got a chance to watch him uh, play against Golden State on that um on his first night in the in the uh, summer league. I, I was pretty impressed. I like we knew coming into the draft that Colin Castleton was a player that could make an impact. Um, you know, he was considered, I believe, one of the top five uh, in his position. It's just that the reason he doesn't get drafted is because the modern NBA says, no, we don't need center or it's not a high priority draft pick anymore. Uh, the center position's not. But, you know, you get out there, you watch him play and then, you know, they're out here. They're winning. Castleton impresses again in their uh, win uh, against against the Hornets. And the Hornets have not been playing particularly great basketball through the course of these summer games, but there's a lot of talent and the situation's always different, but Colin Castleton has done a really good job. And I've been impressed with his, uh, with his journey so far in his uh, professional development here.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, if, if our listeners have heard anything, I'm not usually a huge fan of Colin Castleton, but you know, I'm I'm glad he's out there uh, getting his buckets, getting his time put in um, with the Lakers in summer league. So, you know, props to him. Even if
1: I'm not a fan <laughs> now, well, you know, I am glad to see that his game has continued to develop past the injuries that he had um, yep. that ended his season at Florida. So, you know, it's good to see that he's out there. He's mobile. He's working everything that he needs to do. He can catch the ball because it was a hand injury if I recall per, uh, mm-hmm. properly. Um, but, you know, we saw it in Elite camp that he was starting to take a step forward and immediately he got out there against golden state and got an assist at one point point. Um, You know, he's, he's playing good basketball and it's good to see that it's translating all those skills he had as a big man are translating to the league right now. So it's, it's a great place where Colin Castleton is.
0: For sure. Another star player, Jabari Smith with the uh, Rockets um, against the Pistons had 38 points, seven rebounds and six assists. Now I know he um, is a little bit older of a player, not a a first year rookie, but uh, second year for Jabari. I mean, Thirty-eight points, like you can't,
1: can't deny it. You, can't, can't, deny you that. can't, yeah. You can't deny the kid from Fayetteville, Georgia. Yeah, no, he played great. Um, I was, I was really impressed. Um, their first game there in uh, the summer league. Did you, did you get a chance to watch the highlights from that?
0: A little bit. Yeah. So it was like when ESPN does the weird thing where they're like, "Oh, here's the highlights," but then it shows you one clip. Yeah. I think I was able to like go through two of them at work.
1: Yeah. So the one I'm referring to is where Isum just kind of quarterback throws the uh, mm. basketball in to midcourt. Jabari's like running out there. He catches it. And they've got like 1.5 seconds. He just throws up a three. and it's, Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. I the, was so like, Mary. oh, this is crazy. And he's like running off the court <laughs> celebrating. It was it was a good moment. You know, like, you know, you, you're showing that you are got what you got, what you got. He's looking like, the number 3 pick from last year's draft. He's looking like it at this point. He's he's really showing up that like here in summer league, you know, he's putting up 38 points, he's playing great basketball. He, he looks like a th- like the number one number 3 pick in last year's draft. He's got that league year that uh year of experience under his belt. He's got a lot of things going for him. He's comfortable out there playing at the tempo in the pro game. Um you know, he's he's right now showing himself to be one of the uh, minimum boys. Um, in the uh, NBA Summer League. And it, it's really pleasing to see just how much development has occurred and how great of a basketball player he's probably going to be going forward. So um, I, I look for big things for Jabari in the future. Can't wait to see him mix in with a couple of guys um, like, you know, Thompson. And um, then I believe also the other get for the uh, Rockets was um, Cam. Uh, Cam Whitmore, um, yep. from yep, from uh, Villanova. Can't wait to see how they get integrated into the Houston system. There, it's going to be really fun because Cam Whitmore had some really good, had a really good game uh, for the Rockets. So he's got some weapons. Houston's going to be interesting to look at uh, on the NBA side. But it's really nice to see an SEC guy um, starting to show a little bit of star power in the future of this, uh, in the future of the NBA.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think last year, um, in terms of Jabari, we kind of saw some an adjustment period when you adjust from that style of play for the SEC, especially when you know you're quote unquote the big man on campus, um kind of going off like, okay, I got everything that I need. You get to the NBA and you get put in your place real quick. Yeah, so I think, he, you know, that development period um of last year really helped him and obviously he's showing it out now.
1: Everybody gets a welcome to the league moment. Um <laughs> it, it happens no matter what. Um, but you know, he's he's gone he's come a long way. And, you know, you could definitely see the talent difference and, you know, it's good to see Jabari going out there representing Auburn, representing the SEC and the level of basketball that we play um, in this conference to see him be so successful, uh, especially with so many of these great rookies who are going to be in this class, you know, this, you know, from this new class, that's coming into the NBA. So it's really good stuff. Um, Really pleased to see what he had going on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, some of the other big names we had talked about throughout, um, the NBA draft and a little bit of last week during summer league, we got Noah Clowney versus the Knicks had eight points, seven rebounds and three assists. You know, he's starting to show out and, you know, do well, um, in his spot with the Nets. Did you hear that?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't hear that. I just saw you look out in the distance and I was like, okay, what's going on? Is your dog making noise over there?
0: Yeah. I don't know. He started running around upstairs and then
1: my bad. concerning you're good Gary Gary carry on we're good
0: (laughs) we've got Jordan Walsh versus the Wizards had 12 points two rebounds and three assists you know um a guy that a lot of people weren't really sure how he was going to fit into the NBA really looking strong here and you know against the heat really went off with 18 points and had five different rebounds so you know I'm excited for Jordan Walsh excited to see what he's going to bring this season
1: my favorite tweet that I saw on Jordan Walsh uh, over the weekend was, if Jordan Walsh starts shooting like this when he gets into the NBA, it's over. Like you know, it, it's done. He already plays great defense, and here he is hitting buckets. You know, I, I don't know if it's sustainable. Uh, we'll see how good Jordan actually does turn out to be. You know, I'm not doubting the kid. He's a good basketball player. That's not what I'm saying. But what I what I am saying is that, like, yeah – if he can maintain this, that will be amazing. Like you know, that right? would be a great basketball player. Um, so you know, maybe he's a uh, maybe he's a second round steal. We'll see. Um, very optimistic. Um, from what you saw in summer league from Jordan Walsh,
0: I think uh, my favorite tweet that I saw was from another Arkansas fan, and they said, "So you're telling me we just didn't have Jordan out shooting far enough?"
1: Yes, I saw that like- exact statement. There like, apparently he needs to move back. He's not, <laughs> not just to the line. He needs to take a step back. Um, right, we
0: should have just had him jacking up threes from the logo.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Another one we put a lot of, uh, I don't want to say pressure, but a lot of attention on, I guess, as we were going into the draft. Uh, Gigi Jackson against the Bulls had nine points, two rebounds, getting a solid start. He had a little bit of a slower start, but slowly starting to build. Got Chris Livingston against the Suns, had 10 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists. So, getting out there, kind of proven he maybe should have been a a little higher draft pick, but we'll see as the Summer League goes on. Of course. (laughs) And then, uh, with the Thunder, I think the most impressive uh, SEC guy that they had in there this week was Trey Mann, 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. He was blowing up all over social media with his high IQ plays, uh, some fantastic reads, and just great player all around.
1: Come a long way since Florida, Trey Man looking really good. Um, had a had a really good time. Also on that Thunder team, um, you know, new rookie Casey Wallace from Kentucky. Um, he had a fantastic half court shot that he just sunk. Um, you know, so I, I was I was pleased watching him as well. Um, you know, he he did really well. Um. We've got a lot of interest in a lot of the things that are happening around here. So it, it's, it's been fun. OKC loaded up with that SEC talent. Did not see as much of it as we thought we were going to see. Um, but it, it's been fun to watch Trey Mann and uh, Kaysom Wallace.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then on the other side of that, we had the 76ers. Ricky Council with eight points, two rebounds, and two assists. Um, really starting to show that he definitely should have been a draft pick and somebody missed out on him.
1: I, I was about to say the same thing. He's out there killing it. Uh, he's playing great basketball. He has not played a bad game yet, I feel like. Um, if he has, I just didn't catch it, um, you know, but you know, Ricky Councils absolutely played great enough to where like people are questioning some of their draft picks maybe at this point um, because Ricky looked great. He he looked really, really good. Um, obviously, the thing that still needs to be worked on with Ricky Council is his confidence in his outside shot and um, the fundamentals there. He Like I said, he can be hesitant taking that shot. He's still showing signs of it, but he is showing that he is an NBA talent and should have been a second round draft pick, um, someone that was definitely missed out on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and then one more that I need to get stats on because I don't know how, but I forgot, is the one and only Anthony Black.
1: Yeah, Anthony Black had a really, um, really good game it. for the Magic uh, in that loss that they had on that first one that I watched. He looked great.
0: Absolutely great. Yeah, you know, um, I I saw tweets of, like you know, several people, um, not only Twitter, Instagram, saw a lot of Facebook, too. Granted, I get targeted to a lot of Razorback stuff via Facebook. That's just who I am. But, you know, oh, looking at it. Media. Yeah. Anthony Black with 17 points, five rebounds, five assists, just absolutely killing it. We were actually at lunch. Um, and my nephew got baptized on Sunday. So we all went out to family lunch and we were sitting there and I was going through highlights, just kind of watching stuff. And uh my older nephew, Lucas, was watching them and he was like, "Is that Anthony Black?" I said, "Yeah, it is." He said, "I think I need a jersey."
1: Yeah, I thought he had a great showing for his first professional debut. Uh, Anthony Black, I believe he had like 17 points in that first uh, first game. Um, I look Anthony Black's game is partially that he does still need to develop a three point shot, um, but you know he he showed us everything that it needs to be there as a future star for. The magic. Um, a lot of magic fans were really impressed with what they saw. Uh, of course he did have the turnovers, but like I said, this is the first time a lot of these guys have been playing with these other talents. Um, So there's, this isn't the guys that he's going to be playing with when he gets to the league. This is a different feel. This is a different situation entirely. So um I was impressed with what Anthony Black saw. A lot of Magic fans were, too, from what I saw on mag- social media. They were like, this is the new breed and point guard. We need to build our team around this guy. So I was really happy to see um, what Anthony Black had to show. Definitely everybody pumped the brakes a little bit. You know, as much as everybody was pumped up, he's still going to be a rookie in the NBA next year. Uh, so give him a give him a year. And like we can we can all make a fairer assess- assessment after that. But he um he looked really good. I mean,
0: he'll definitely have his welcome to the NBA moment. Unfortunately, it's going to come. Um, Everybody it's, gets it's one. It's going to be all over the place. But, you know, <laughs> similar to what we said about Trey man, I think we see Anthony Black as a super high IQ player, even for his age um that's only going to develop with time so i'm excited to see where he goes
1: yeah high uh, high field goal percentage the entire time in that summer league game as well um he was seven from 10 um you know so it it was a really good showing he also had those five rebounds five assists so he, he showed all the skills about why people loved him in arkansas um yeah. there for the magic uh game that i want to talk about and i feel like everybody else wants to talk about this game um now, like we mentioned earlier, the Hornets have not been playing exactly electric um, throughout the course of summer league, um, but I think it's I think it's definitely worth the conversation to talk about yeah. what we had going down with the uh, Hornets and Spurs game on um, on Friday night. Now, I'm going to start here. Um, actually, I'm going to start here. Uh, Nick Smith Jr. Nick Smith Jr. had a decent game um there's still some developments in the shot that he needs to do he needs to figure out exactly how he you know is gonna react certain ways I thought he was doing a great job as a passer yeah. I thought that he needs some work clearly on his shooting right now um to take his game to the next level I think that'll come I think it's just you know the funk that he's been in post-injury you gotta
0: get back in his his rhythm
1: yeah I think he'll be fine Um, What I will say about the Hornets situation is that roster did not have a true point guard. And Nick Smith Jr. is a combo guard. So as I was texting you while I was watching that game, I was like, if the the Hornets are going to have Nick play pure point guard, they've got to do some teaching. Um, Because like, it's not that he is incapable of playing point guard, because I truly believe he is. Um, He played point guard in high school. But in all honesty, he hasn't been a true point guard since high school. He had Anthony Black at Arkansas, who spelled a lot of those minutes. Uh, You didn't have Nick uh, carrying the ball. You had Devo and Anthony Black. Those are the real point guards at Arkansas. Um, so, mean,
0: Even to that point, you look at a high school point guard and an NBA point guard, and they are two different things. Completely different. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have, uh, you know, like we've talked about, when you get to the NBA, you're going to have specific developmental coaches, and he's going to be one of those, like if they want him to be, like you said, a true point guard, he is going to have to develop that skill.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if that's the intention of the Hornets. Uh, I'm hoping the intention of the Hornets is what I was speaking about like a couple weeks ago after the draft, where I hope the plan is, is that you teach him point guard well enough to be the number two point guard. And you teach him how to be a very good number two option on the yep. floor. Like to me, that would be the best way. And the other thing I like that I saw it in Nick Smith Jr. is like, like I mentioned, he, played AAU basketball with Brandon Miller. It did not surprise me that the guy he kept looking for on the floor the entire time out there was like, where's Brandon at? Where's Brandon at? You know, (laughs) like, you know, he found Brandon Miller as many times as he possibly could. He tried to make things work with other players. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't. One of them made Sports Center for sure, you know, um, which was Victor Wimanyama's welcome to the NBA moment uh, that came in game one of uh, Summer League for him. Um, But that was the assist that Nick threw up. And, uh, you know, when the rest was uh, came crashing down on top of Wimby's head. Um, But, you know, I I was impressed in that, that he was confident enough to try to make those plays happen. Yes, the turnovers were there, but I think it's going to be a teaching thing with Nick Smith Jr. to get him more comfortable in that role. Um, But like I said, this Hornet team did not have a true point guard. They have a true point guard on their normal roster. Um, So it's going to be something to develop Nick around. But I think Nick's doing a really decent job of where he's at right now. And I think developing him as a shot guard and he's going to be the course forward to really help the Hornets out. And then you want him as that number two point guard um, for his combo guard skills and teach him both those positions pretty well. Now, definitely other side of that Hornet Spurs game that I want to talk about is, of course, we got to see the number one draft pick play against the number two draft pick. Um You could
0: tell they were trying to leave it all on the floor to tell who was more deserving.
1: Uh, It was definitely more interesting than what you might've thought. Um, What I, what I found hilarious is that ESPN the entire time through the course of this game, through the, the, um, upbringing of this game, you know, to, to market it and everything like that is like Victor Wimbenyama makes his NBA debut in summer league, you know, Victor Wimbenyama, he's going to be awesome. He's going to blow your mind. He's a generational talent. Victor Wimbenyama, Victor Wimbenyama, Victor Wimbenyama. Um, if you watch the game, which, I'm assuming, again, how many much more hardcore basketball fans we have listening to our show during the summertime. If you watch through the game, you tell me which guy looked more NBA-ready, Brandon Miller or Victor Um, Because one was out there making buckets, um, doing a really good job every which way he can, slamming the ball down the hoop's throat. Um, and the other one looked like a baby draft taking its first steps. <laughs> so, um, Yeah. Brandon Miller absolutely smoked Victor Wembanyama in that first round of watching them play together. Now, you're welcome to interject if you want to throw any thoughts out here before I keep going on my little show. No, spiel.
0: I just want to make sure that we talk about Victor Wimbanyama's terrible flop before we transition to our next subject.
1: Yeah, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> which was great to watch. Um, but like, yeah, the other the other side of that is that. I am still a proponent of the way that European basketball players are developed. I, I like the style. There's plenty of examples across the NBA that the European development style works very well. Do not take my previous comments about the European style of development and thinking that like, oh, well, yeah, da, 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 da. no, there's data out there. But what with Victor Wimbanyama did on that first game was just horrific like it was I I was just I was mind-boggled on how bad it was Mm -hmm. um I the I saw no confidence in the guy he clearly was gassed playing at this high of level for that long on the court um he just at times had no I I I swear there were moments I didn't think he knew how to set a screen I was just blown away by that um it was just
0: Didn't he get several illegal screen or I don't know if he got an illegal
1: screen call, but like he missed some screens and guys went through him. No problem. Um, He got bodied by dudes who were nowhere in the same wheelhouse of his seven five frame that he has um you know we saw brandon miller strip him from behind mm-hmm. we saw uh nick get one off of him you know we saw a lot of guys just picking on him um and it was just that he just not have the legs right now to play the nba game and there's going to be development can he be a superstar absolutely i'm not calling the kid a bust right now he's 19 years old playing his first professional basketball game no one's a bust after the, after summer league we get time to make that in the jury call later but like you could tell which guy was nba ready Right now. And that was Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller looked NBA ready in game one.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Um I mean, I feel like you said everything that needs to be said there. So.
1: <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, you know, that and Brandon Miller just, you know, Made made Victor and Yama trip over his own feet, which was absolutely hilarious. And then I
0: mean, the best part of that was like, <laughs> dude, literally, yeah, you got your ankles broken. Why are you grabbing your throat, homie? <laughs>
1: just, well, Brandon did catch him with an elbow while he was falling down. So
0: mm-hmm, it was sure.
1: that was what it was. He was looking for a foul, and I was like, nah, dude, you tripped him. <laughs>
0: like there was no foul. He caught you inadvertently. Like he was not got you straight to your butt, and that was that was that. Like. <laughs> be embarrassed about it take it like a man you flopped you fell
1: you (laughs) fell and just oh it was bad it was it was a really really bad moment all right i think we need to go to a commercial break here real fast i'll take this over because i'm the one who's looking at the clock on the call you know what i like i like to be comfortable i also love representing my favorite sports teams and in the clutch i am able to have the best of both worlds In the Clutch Apparel is your one-stop shop for all things sports. They have officially licensed gear from all your favorite teams and players from the NHL, MLB, NFL, and more. They have sports classic tees from yesteryear and beyond. Check out their full website in the link down below. When you enter the promo code VARIETYSPORTS, you get 10% off everything site-wise. Feel comfortable with your sports apparel and go over to their website now at intheclutch.com. And don't forget to use our code, Variety Sports, to get ten percent off.
0: All right, everybody! Thanks again for going out supporting our sponsors. You've got to get us some cable, get us some basketball tickets, all the fun things that we require to do this podcast for a yeah. little time.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, by the way, we totally normally have like a hey coming up after the break, but uh, I looked at the clock and it was like. You have a countdown going on like right now. You better wrap this thing up. I was like, Um, but yeah. So (laughs) welcome back. We're talking about um, student sections. So um, this is Maddie's opportunity. She chose this last week and we we still
0: uh, got one more. You're missing one, David.
1: I'm missing one.
0: You're missing one. What am I missing? We got to talk about Kentucky. And their comeback from possibly being a bottom feeder team to actually maybe having a chance to compete this season.
1: Yeah, so Kentucky, obviously, things have improved. Um, You know, Antonio Reeves coming back was a good thing, Um, much significant needed, um, because you needed a perimeter shooter. You needed someone with some uh, veteran leadership out there. It's a big position get for Kentucky to have Antonio Reeves uh, return And then uh, also you've got um, a situation where you've got the guys from West Virginia, um, that, that whole situation where now you've you're able to pick up a transfer from that West Virginia class. There's some development going on um, for Kentucky to put things together. Trey Mitchell, right? It's been a week. I forgot. Trey Mitchell. (laughs) Mitchell, Thank you. Uh, Trey Mitchell coming back uh, or coming to Kentucky is also going to help this Kentucky team out quite a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know, it's, this is dang lucky that this has all shaked out the way that Cal needed it to, uh, ever since the uh, you know, back at the end of May for uh yeah. for decision day.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, um kind of building the show. It it's summer, obviously everybody knows not a whole lot's going on. So I was just, you know, racking my brain as to what we could talk about and you know. I really started to think about the fact that in May, we really didn't have a whole lot of hope for Cal and what was going to happen over in Kentucky. And then it was just like a snowball effect. You had, like you said, Trey Mitchell coming from uh, Huggins' team, West Virginia, is that correct? Yep, Yep. West Virginia. And then um, Antonio Reeves decided to commit again after he, he said a big push was the talent of the freshmen that were coming in. And then you see a lot of development, like uh, we talked about in our hoops headlines with Adieu Thiero. And there was one other player that had been mentioned, just the growth that they've had over the summer, not only um, in skills and development, but also they're no longer scrawny freshmen. No, they're not.
1: You know, it, <laughs> there's some development going on. You're right. Fiero um, was obviously a good situation, seeing how much he's built up there in the offseason, and he's going to make himself a, uh, a much better target. I believe even Oscar Shibway said that he was looking forward to what Thiero is going to be able to do um for Kentucky. Um I may have that backwards. It may have been the other sophomore that Kentucky had that uh Shibway was talking about. But you know, hows mentioned it about how um Thiero's filling out like his father um and he's doing the thing. I love the quotes from Thiero honestly about like, you know, I just eat what they give me and the secret's a bunch of protein. Um you know, like yeah, there's no great secret to it, you know. I'm working out every day and doing what I'm what I'm supposed to do what the trainers are telling me to do. You know what? It's paid out. Um, so we'll see how much he's developed in his basketball game. Obviously, the physicality looks really good. Um, so really, really good situation for the arrow. Um, and like I said, things are shaking out much better than what they were back in um, just just a few months ago. You know, like less than, almost a month. Like, honestly, we're at the beginning of June. We were talking about this at the end of May. So a month and mm-hmm. some change. Um, so like how things have turned around. And now I can definitely see Kentucky being a top six team in the sec next year um now that said there's still not a particular lot of depth uh you still have questions around bradshaw's injury um well, this will turn into a nick smith jr situation uh, for kentucky um we'll see how that stuff turns out um but for right now the good news is is that things look better for kentucky than they did just like i said a month and a couple of weeks ago
0: definitely i think you know we're going to get a real taste of it as we said in the global jam And really see what this team's about, but I have a feeling we may need to reevaluate our power rankings uh, before the season starts if they go off like they're threatening with all this growth and added physicality, added talent to this team. No, no, we don't need to do that. No,
1: no, no, it's done. It's fine. No, of course we do. Um, Like I said, we we called it way too early for a reason. It was the initial Mm -hmm. impressions that we had after uh, decision day. That's why we put that together. It's like from right now, this is the way it looks. Um, So now it's going to change. Like Kentucky obviously is going to move up a little bit. Um, so now that things have bounced favorably for them, there's also some things like, you know, Alabama needs to be reassessed. We've got Grant Nelson. Ole Miss for sure. Ole Miss needs to be looked at. Um, you know, there's, there's all sorts of stuff that we need to take a look at, um, for how these teams have shaped themselves over the last couple of weeks. And we're definitely, as we get closer, I think the next time we'll do it, um, is probably when we do power rankings, be closer to, um, after the, some of these forward tours come to an end because we'll start. Do what? August September ish. Yeah, August September ish because you know why? Because we're going to see a basketball hit the floor uh, a little bit, so we'll get some ideas about how some of those teams that played over in Europe, um, for Kentucky playing up in Canada, you know, we'll get an impression about how these teams have worked themselves out. We'll get a better understanding of how they're doing. Um, so you know, we'll re we'll revisit those, but yeah, Kentucky has been impressive enough to watch them rise. Um, and I, I definitely think that's going to be a result. You know, they're going to jump a few teams, um, because they're starting to turn closer into the product that they were advertised back in, you know, January of last year, um, or January of this year, actually. Um, so it's, it's impressive. It's interesting. I, I think Kentucky deserves to have another look taken at them. Um, because things have shaken out favorably, yeah, very favorably.
0: <laughs> yeah, like we said, Cal needs to go buy a lottery ticket because he's been lucky. <laughs> he's lucky.
1: He's very lucky. He is very lucky, and uh, you know, ever like I said, I I will push back against that narrative that Cal, you know, did this amazing thing um, by getting these guys, you know, in the no, Cal got lucky. Like, let's let's be very honest about the situation. Cal got lucky, and you know what? Luck's a good thing. And so, like, you could, I'll take me and lucky sometimes better than good. Um, so you know, it's 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 favorable. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right, David. I guess we can get into what you were about to uh, shame me of.
1: <clears throat> You're um, you you started controversy on the podcast, and now I'm we're going to watch our Twitter blow up for the next I don't know how many days now. Um, this is all your okay, fault. We got
0: to keep it interesting, okay?
1: This is all your fault. <laughs> this is all your fault. I'm just saying, when people get upset about things, this is all your fault. Um, so I want to make that extremely clear. This, I mean,
0: it's, to be fair, the majority of our followers are fans of our top five teams that follow us, so I think they'll be relatively happy. Maybe. Okay, so-
1: Oh, yeah, I'm probably. I, I got a feeling because, you know, basketball is basketball to these schools, um, you know, for the most part. Um, how do you think about doing this? Do you want to read your five and then I'll read my five? Or do you want to go five, five, four, four, three, three? Let's three
0: three? Let's let's go. Um, first, we'll explain how we, we came to our conclusions. Well, I've got my conclusions written our, in. Our ranking. Okay. Um, and then if you want to do like your number five, my number five, we'll go back and forth.
1: Yeah, we can do, yeah, my number five and your number five. Okay, yeah. uh, I'll start because that way you can reveal your number one last. Um, okay. You're in charge yeah. of the show right now. Um, so I'll start it out. Um, last week on the show when we advertised that we were going to be doing this um, student section um, countdown, I told you that this is probably one of the most underrated student sections in the country. Um, so I have them as number five on my list, and that is the Mizzou Zoo Crew. Um, well organized student section. They uh, they bring a lot of constant noise to the level of the game, and you got to love it when they start singing "Mr. Brightside," like it's karaoke night, and they just had about three shots of tequila. Uh, nothing but energy and enthusiasm when they sing it. Uh, last year, um, looking at the results for the environment they built, they were sixteen and three last year at home. Their losses were only to Kansas, Texas A and M, and Alabama. Um, that's a really impressive group. Um, they did a great job last year. I was liking what I saw at a Mizzou student section. They were fun to watch. Um, you even got Eli Drinkowitz out there uh, dancing up and down, holding the sign in the student section uh, during that Kansas game. Um, you know, it's 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 been a very um, good student section over the last year, and I think they deserve some respect, um, even though things have been a little bit down in the la- you know prior to last year. So I, I'm giving the zoo crew their props. That is a good student section. And uh, I think they're going to bring a lot of energy next year if they can return the same results.
0: I like that one, David. It's a good pick.
1: Yeah. Okay, good.
0: For, uh for my number five, we got Tennessee.
1: Okay, you went Tennessee. I went okay, I went
0: Tennessee number five. So um, for the most part, I know I'm probably going to get some hate for that one, but I wanted to kind of go off of, I went over a little bit of, Um, you know, research along with, you know, what I've seen from each student section and looked at Twitter followers, um, you know, a few different things. But one of the big things for me is consistency. Like, yes, they've been a great team the past two, three years, but beyond that, did they show up during those tough times?
1: Yeah, that's fair. Eh,
0: Maybe. But Tennessee, you know, has a fantastic home environment this past year, year before that. Because um, they, you know, have been playing great basketball. So I think big props um, over at VBA for Tennessee student section, getting it done.
1: I can respect that uh, a lot when you talk about like students showing up when things are bad. Um, because I was a student, um, I was an undergrad when Mike Anderson, you know, before Arkansas consistently started making the NCAA tournament under Mike Anderson. Um, you know, I remember going when it was kind of kind of rough at times. Uh, we were we were hoping that things to get us to an NIT at one point. That's when I first started going to college. So those were those were some rough times. You would go into a game on Wednesday night. It's nothing like Wednesday night right now at Bud Walton. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a good thing it's built up. And you know what the thing was those students like. At Arkansas, we all showed up and it was us and what whoever the heck showed up over the age of 30 uh, on a Friday night. Um, but, you know, on a Wednesday night and a Saturday afternoon, you know, but it's a different environment now that, you know, success happens. And so I do like it when student sections uh, show themselves and they're the ones who carry that program and all that energy. So, yeah, that I like that. I like that portion of it. Um, my number four. I went ahead and picked Florida's Rowdy Reptiles. Um, in case you have forgot, in the heyday, Florida has been called uh, the house of horrors. Um, they have a ton of energy when they get out there. They bring the chomp. They scream their heads off. And they bring every bit of energy that you can ask for. And now that things have kind of gotten on a down end for Florida, coming out of the Mike White years and into the Todd Golden years, there's a little bit of returned optimism. Um, They're still bringing it. You know, We saw them when uh, UConn came to visit. And that game, of course, didn't go the way that Florida wanted it to. But those students showed up. And they had a lot of energy. And they had a lot of fun. It was a good situation. Um, The Florida... Florida student section has been really good and uh, I expect them that they'll keep bringing it for several big games uh, there in Gainesville over the next couple of years.
0: They were actually my honorable mention. They they were on the the teeter-totter, which, which one's going to go in. Okay. They they rode the bench though. (laughs) (laughs) My number four, your number five, David, the zoo crew over at Mizzou. Okay. Same reasons. Like you said, they get rowdy. They know how to have a good time and bring the noise when it's needed.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. That's a that's a really good one. And like I said, the only teams that they lost to last year in Mizzou Arena were tournament teams. Um, so, you know, those are teams that, you know, are good to begin with. So you're not going to lose to an opponent who is inferior or you when you got a student section that's behind you, even when you're having a bad night. Uh, yeah. So that's that's a lot of props to that home court advantage. Um, my number three is I pick the trough. Um, this is my student section. I am, I am, you know, my Razorbacks. Um, Arkansas's trough is, trough is an absolute party. Every game. Uh, and they or an incredibly creative student section, um, as long as I can remember. Um, you're talking about bringing FBI jackets when uh, Will Wade showed up for LSU. Uh, they have the boo this guy at the Bud a Twitter account, which, you know, picks on a player the entire game that they are there. And every time they touch the basketball, there starts booing happening. And of course, then you got Shark and Saul, which is a reference to a B-horror movie called Shark and Women's Prison. Um, so like, yeah, a bunch of students just show up in a bunch of blue... Um, you know, shark costumes that all look like left shark from Katy Perry's, um, you know, Super Bowl uh, performance. And the student section throws down whenever you get the William Tell, hey, Jude um, mixture together. Arkansas was 14 and three last year at home. Uh, their only losses at home. Very similar situation to Mizzou were only against NCAA tournament teams. Uh, so, you know, the same kind of reference. The trough always brings it in, like I said, as long as I've been there, they've been consistently showing up. Um, it does not matter how bad that team is. The student section consistently shows up unless it's like December 24th. Um, and no one's in town whatsoever. Um, that's like the only scenario I've not seen the trough fill up. Um, so it, it's a high situation. It's a, it's a high, uh, energy student section. It's, it's one that I enjoy.
0: Yeah, for sure. So my number three, we've got the jungle at Auburn. Um, Pretty consistent in research that they were the top either one, two, or three team. Um, kind of similar with Tennessee. It they don't seem to show up as much on the down years. Um, definitely one of those teams that uh the game's not going their way. It seems that they leave a little bit early. But other than that, flawless execution from the jungle over at Auburn, um, always filling up the seats. They have, I believe they had the most amount of Twitter followers. Nope, second most amount of Twitter followers. So that that was a big push as well. Um, you know, you got to get your fans where, where they're at. So,
1: yeah, I, I like that a lot. I, I like that a lot. That's a good pick. Um, my number two is the eruption zone. Um, Kentucky has had one of the best atmospheres in college basketball and the fact we don't have them right number one might actually offend several Kentucky fans, but the environment is incredible. The student section is incredibly passionate. Uh, The eruption zone is currently four to 5000 strong they reduced their student section there's actually less student seats now. At Kentucky, which is part of the need that I felt to move them down at number two is because the university moved in a different direction um, with the uh, size of their student section, which is something I don't like. So I'm moving that students come first. I'm just saying it's you you can sell the rest of the tickets, but students deserve tickets, man. Don't 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 make their zones smaller, Um, but build a bigger arena. Don't take away their seats. Um, But, you know, for Kentucky, I've got them number two. It's one of the all-time great student sections that is a very competitive building whenever you go in to play at Rupp. Uh, you don't hear it me- maybe all the time on TV because of the way producers have sounds built up, but it is loud in there. I promise you, the, the Rupp Center and the Eruption Zone go hand in hand. It's it's a great scenario. Um, And historically, Kentucky student section has been one of the craziest in the SEC.
0: All right, for my number two, we got the trough. Following you it up with David, okay. I picked the trough at number two, just because, you know, Um, it may be a little more personal. They're one of the only student sections I've seen in person, but like you said, they always bring it. There's always so much energy. And what other arena do you see players literally plugging their ears because it's so loud?
1: It's great. I mean, that's, you you just got to love everything, you know, Arkansas student section. I mean, we've talked about them a little bit when mine. Um, but like I said, they, they don't let their team down and when in Fayetteville, they do not let that team down. Um, it's, it's, it's always brought by the student section. They bring it every single game and you got to love that. Um, I mean,
0: and Bud Walton arena is one of the only ones that I see consistently like, um, broadcasters saying, you know, people that just come to visit saying it's the loudest arena that they've been in. And they say that for a reason, it's not a fluke you have almost everybody that comes to visit talk about it because it's just an absolutely electric feeling. And a big part of that is the student section.
1: Oh, hundred percent. The students bring a lot of that energy. Um, you got to love the bud it's re- consistently ranked in the top 30 and best home uh, court environments, um, in the country. Um, yeah. So like I said, the trough is a big reason behind that and they bring it every single game. Um, my number one is I pick the jungle. Um, and this is going to come back. I'm glad you had Arkansas too, not because you ranked them there necessarily, because it actually goes into a little bit of what I was going to talk about with the jungle. Um, when you see a fan base or writers really who follow beat right for Arkansas on a consistent basis, and they talk about a student section emulating the student checks in Arkansas in the 90s, that has been a reference to talk about the jungle before. There have been writers who, had, with Arkansas background saying – The jungle has a lot of the energy that Arkansas had in the nineties. Now Auburn over the last few years has forced their way really into this top five. And I think no matter how you order this list, Auburn has to be in the top five somewhere. Um, if it this was an all-time list, I would not have Auburn number one for an all-time. Um, but over the Pearl years, Auburn's student section has been intense. It's raised themselves to be one of the most famous student sections in the country. And like I said, when you've got a very prominent student section uh, and their beat writers coming out and saying, take note, this is what Bud used to be like in the 90s. That's the jungle right now. And it's probably, I think, and arguably, probably the loudest and craziest student section in the SEC. Now, there's going to be some competition in that. You know, it's the margin's not, but I think right right now, Auburn set themselves apart as bringing a lot of that same energy that was in Arkansas in the 90s and trying to build the culture behind Bruce Pearl and uh, Neville Arena
0: yeah I think so too. I think the only disadvantage and one of the reasons I had auburn a little further down my list is it's a smaller arena. so it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be, it's gonna be easier to make it seem bigger than it actually is
1: yeah it, it's it's playing in an echo chamber really. um yep. <laughs> you know that's that was the goal with the Moody Center too um in Texas when they put that together uh, was to make it a little bit more intimate um you know, between the uh, fans and the in uh, the players. but I've got Auburn number one. Um, I'm going to stand by that right now. Um, That's no disrespect to Kentucky or um, the trough. Like, I think, honestly, there's a reasonable argument to mix those three anywhere in the top three, in my opinion.
0: Speaking of that, I've got the eruption zone in Big Blue Nation um, as my number one pick. You know, as you said, there was a little bit of a downfall with uh, the school downsizing the student section, but that's not the student's fault. Not the student's fault, no. You know. Kentucky's just being a little greedy, trying to get a little bit more money. But <laughs> similar to Arkansas, you always see them bring it. Um, you're not going to go to a, a quiet Kentucky game, no matter if it's preseason. If it's, I mean, I bet if they sold tickets, people were traveling to Canada to watch Team USA, a.k.a. Team Kentucky, Team Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> Germany, Canada, and Africa. So, um, you know, one of those student sections – you're not going to get away from them.
1: No, absolutely not. And you mentioned the uh, going to Toronto and representing. I'm just saying right now, um, this is probably going to be the first time in the history of the South that a bunch of people didn't cheer for Team USA. Um, there's going to be a lot of fan bases like, no, it's Kentucky. Forget them. <laughs> that's going to be absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, it's like watching uh, fans from other fan bases go, go Team Team Germany. You know, <laughs> like that's going to happen. <laughs>
0: And then also, um, another big contributor to my number one pick out of the student section, Twitter accounts that I could find and Instagram accounts, big blue nation had over 36,000 followers.
1: Oh, wow. That's, that's a considerable margin. Um, that's yeah, obviously Kentucky is a big brand in basketball, so it's not a shock to see, uh, so many people following the student section out there. Um, like I said, they're creative, they're fun. You got to love Kentucky's energy when they, uh. When it comes to game time, those students bring it. And you know what? That's probably what they look forward to most all years, you know, getting a chance to uh, cut out a little of studying and just lose their minds in the student section, you know, and that's fun. Um, I like this list. Uh, like I said, I think you can uh, rearrange several of these um, yeah. and find where they need to go at. Um, I would say out of the top three uh, from the SEC, you know, respectively, they probably belong somewhere in the top 20 in the country right now, uh, depending on where you put them. Uh, obviously, you got the Cameron Indoor Crazies, uh, which is one of the best student sections. Pittsburgh's got a fantastic student section. Um, there's there's a lot of amazing ones around the country uh, to kind of go look into. Um, I remember Arizona State put on the craziest display I think I've ever seen uh, when someone was delivering a baby. Like, jokingly, you know, like delivering yeah. a baby while the player was shooting free throws. Um, so that was that was uh that was pretty funny. Um there's some creative ones out there and it's some what of the
0: like that, the infamous Arkansas moon picture.
1: Yeah, oh, but well, that wasn't in the student section. That was a dude. <laughs> like, that was just some dude just decided to drop his pants while a Kentucky player was taking free throws. Um <laughs> to quote Baker Mayfield slightly, um, Bud Walton, it'll get you. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, you you see environments like that across college basketball. You're never going to see that in the NBA. So, you know, it's part of the thing that makes college basketball so great are these unique, fun environments, uh, in my opinion.
0: Exactly. So David, I think as we rank these student sections, we definitely need to go see some games outside of BWA and, uh, Check it out. So we have a little bit more concrete evidence to go off.
1: Well, obviously, I'm going to be saving a lot of money when it comes to football season this year because we have an entire month where Arkansas is not playing at home um, because just quite frankly, the SEC hates us. Um, um, And that's
0: the truth. (laughs)
1: Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, so I'll be saving quite a bit of money um anywhere that I can on tickets this football season, clearly. So I'll be able to plan a couple more trips uh to go to see some different environments this year. Um, because I'll have the money to be able to have to get out know, somewhere go see somewhere. Hopefully law school doesn't keep me confined too much to Fayetteville uh over over the summer and we get it or not over, oh, not over the summer, the school year, and uh, I get to go see a couple different basketball games in a few different locations.
0: Hopefully we get some good weekend games in this year. Um you know, with my new job, can't really get off outside of, uh, work days, So me and you Saturdays tell Avery, sorry, it's a date.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'll let my <laughs> wife know. She'll probably come and join us. Let's yep. be
0: real. Come with us. That'll be fun.
1: Come with us. It'll be fun. We'll go sit in some nosebleeds and, uh...
0: I mean, to be honest, sometimes it's like you're the third wheel when me and Avery are together, so it's fine. <laughs>
1: It's totally fine. You know, I, I'm I've learned this is that like Avery is very much like, you know, socializing at the game, talking to friends, wanting to go check out the food that's at the stadium, you know, like I was like, oh, I want to go get one of those sugar, Um, you know, uh, funnel uh hot dog thingies that they have over there or whatever. Oh, they got a Slim's chickens over here. They got a rights in this stadium. You know, things like that. You know, I'm talking about Bud and Razorback Stadium at this, but that's that's her sporting events. Is that she wants to go check out the food. She wants to go check out the things that are going on over here. I am like, I'm at a game. Like like I am watching the game. Like you are ne- like there are two things I want a beer, a, a a beer, a dog, and the game.
0: Like those those are the that's like, like- I think if we really wanted to up our subscribers, we sit and record like live stream, you and Avery at a game because she is 100% like into whatever the student section is doing, singing whatever songs on and you're just zoned in.
1: Like just very much like, okay, move the ball. And if you
0: aren't there on, on our game, you're scrolling to find highlights from another game. (laughs) Yeah. I'm checking
1: scores. Like, you know, we're taking a break. I'm like checking scores. I was like, what's happening across everywhere else. Um, you know, like trying to keep up with situations. Like, I I'm into the game. I am into the sport. Like, you know, it, some people love the environment. I am there to watch basketball.
0: <laughs> we, we need a Dave re TikTok.
1: We, we do that. Like we we've talked about this before is like, we we always thought our first podcast idea together, which should have been just like, we put a camera um, when we used to drive from Kansas city home to visit family um, is that we should have just put a camera in the car and just listen to all the crazy conversations me and my wife have, because we have two different perspectives on everything. Um, and that would have been a lot of fun, I think too. Um, but yeah, they, we're just the way we are.
0: <laughs> and we love you guys for it.
1: No, <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Again, okay. you got one more week of producing. I'm surprised you have not taken my wife and trapped her around this podcast yet for an episode. <laughs> um, I know you have this idea that you've been throwing around for a while. Um, you know, concerning sec coaches and mascots, um, as weird as that was, <laughs> that idea is like,
0: I mean, I, I said that I would do it if it was also including like the football coaches for is it the Notre Dame coach. If he was included, I would play.
1: Okay. Okay. I can <laughs> see that. I can understand that. I know Avery had talked about wanting to kill Spike from Georgia. Um, oh, yeah. The inflatable mascot. Yeah. yeah. Yep the thing's horrifying i agree with her it's it's a terrifying mascot it's it's uh, it's as bad as boss hog here in fayetteville like inflatable mascots should not exist so like that's just a fact like they that's just something that should not exist is inflatable mascots
0: <laughs> i mean we did have like a whole section of like nonsense on i don't even remember if it was espn or what that uh one of the commentators and boss hog i got into it
1: Yes, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's on ESPN, especially. Yeah. Um, at Is SEC he network.
0: still on ESPN after yeah, all yeah. these fires? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did he make the cut.
1: <laughs> um, no, he made it. He made it. Um, okay. He, he was on the draft. He was uh, dressed in the boots and the jorts at uh, at uh, in okay. San Antonio for the uh, for the announcement that Yama had been drafted. He normally does a lot of things in the SEC network. I cannot think of his name right now, uh, I but I know exactly who you're talking about because uh, Boss Hog spilled a uh, coffee on him at the at the at BWA it's at some point Um, I was clearly at that game because I did not witness that on television but like I knew what was the situation later because people had told me and then Mm -hmm. I watched the apology episode like or the apology game down the road apology episode (laughs) Um, you know it's down the road. speaking of episodes um, real quick we're going to real fast tell you what we got going on here at hoop southbound Um, first off so if you have not noticed on the TikTok or on the YouTube channel, on the shorts, the YouTube shorts. We have put together these little one-minute videos for you guys to digest uh, a little bit of information four times a week. uh, The plan is to have them released Monday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, and Friday. They are just snippets, about three headlines a day on some of the top news in the SEC. (laughs) That is annoying. I'm so sick of that cough whenever I get it. Uh, And then the second thing is is that currently – uh, I have begun the editing process on College Basketball 201. Um, it is going to be a ton of fun. Um, it, these are going to be topics that are a little bit more um, obscure or specific, really, might be the better word, um, for college basketball and rather than like basketball in general. Um, they'll be focusing on topics like explaining how the networks um and things like that it's not an everybody needs to watch this kind of thing but it's perfect if you need like a refresher or you got a friend that you're trying to explain something to who may be new to the sport uh something that they're kind of an evergreen content kind of thing and they're going to sit on our youtube channel available um and then also i developed some cartoon characters um And I have a friend who's a professional voice actor who has said that he will voice those cartoon characters for the College Basketball 201. We'll see how creative he gets. Um, You know, it's a good time for him to do it. He's he's a pro and uh, he ignores a lot of like live stage stuff, too, um, but it's currently out of season for him um there in Branson once Christmas hits that's when he starts getting his big gig monies so um or big money gigs um so um now's a good time to hit him up and be like hey man you want to do some voice work <laughs> all right everybody we'll catch you next time
0: <laughs> all right you have a good week